Hello and welcome back to the Turbo Team Podcast. We're sorry for taking a week off, but we're back. Yeah. Halloween. Sorry at all. I'm not sorry. Yeah. Yes. This episode <laughs> is going out on Halloween. It's actually being recorded in Central Time, the Elite and Superior Time Zone. Uh, Accurate. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Friend, uh, reporting live from Simpson College. Alongside me, we've got uh, Ben Neeson, also in the Central Time Zone, up at uh, Iowa's Teachers College. How are you, Ben? In theater school. Um, I'm doing pretty well, thanks for asking. And then, also, coming in with us, the well and healthy Alex Powell in the Eastern Time Zone over in Terre Haute, Indiana. How are you, Alex? Sweet home, Indiana. Da, 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 da. Today, you've been practicing that. Today, I know it says in the title that we're reviewing Hereditary, um, which is fitting for our Halloween special. But last minute executive decision, we're going to be reviewing Michael Bay's uh, new trailer, Songbird, about the COVID-23 pandemic. So, sorry. It's, for a, the- it's a garbage. End of review. We should uh, publicly. Uh, publicly put Michael Bay on trial in front of the townspeople and Sit then rest and then uh, sentence him to death and publicly execute him uh, in front of everybody Jeez. while the world is watching. Uh, also, who the fuck signed off on that movie? Apologize for the Michael Bay himself. <laughs> Michael Bay, baby. What else do you need to know? So a lot like uh, number one, why? And number two, uh, why? <laughs> So I'm guessing Ben um, brought his spectacular Wikipedia rundown for oh, yeah. Hereditary, the 2018 horror uh, drama film directed by Ari Aster. It is um, interesting and terrifying at the same time. Just uh, one word. Those two words. Hey, don't lose your head, man. Shut up. Get it? Because the little <laughs> head got cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Take us through the rundown. The All right. Rundown. When the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter and grandchildren begin to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry, trying to outrun the sinister fate they have inherited. Bars. Bars. Hey. Bars. Kid Cuddy, you good to talk, Ben? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I really picked up on that. Yeah, I really picked it. up on that. Shouts being bold to heaven. <laughs> so Midsummer, or not Midsummer, Hereditary is a lot like Midsummer, where you can't really kind of explain what's happening until you've actually seen it. Like, there's nothing that a plot rundown or even discussion about the film can do. That was pretty close. If you if you haven't seen the film. Uh, Carson Lundquist on YouTube has a really good video breaking down, uh, breaking down and comparing both Hereditary and Mid- Midsummer. Uh, if you want to check it out, that's not what the question was, but cool. Yeah, go watch that. They, they said they're really similar. If if you're in the if <laughs> you're in the spooky mood right now and uh, you haven't seen Hereditary, I would highly encourage you to watch the film before listening and coming back to the Turbo Team podcast. But I'll start it off. I thought that this movie was. Uh, very good. It was one of like the slowest burning horrors I've ever seen. Like I feel like the like the second act of the movie, there was almost no no like no horror at all. It was pretty much just like grieving the entire time, and I thought that was done very well. 
Um, the scene where the girl from I'm Thinking of Anything's Tony Collette was just like on the on the ground screaming and crying after she lost her daughter spoilers um, to a telephone pole. Uh, <laughs> it's a losing battle. Uh, it was very powerful and raw scene that I thought was done very well, and I thought that we'll get we'll get to that later. But just kind of like the down to earth horror of dealing with everyday grieving was executed perfectly in this film. When you were just standing in the hallway. <laughs> I think it's uh I think it was the Blade Runner episode. I think Nate Magic said that Tony Colletti he thought personally Tony Colletti deserved to be nominated for Best Actress for this performance. I could Colette, be wrong. Not Colletti. Colette, my bad, Nick Colletti. Not Nick Colletti. <laughs> Uh, Tony Collette deserves to be nominated for Best Actress for this performance. I think he said that. I could be mistaken, though. Well, shout out Nate Magic. Well, let's unshout out Nate Magic because the other night he told me that The Office is better than The Simpsons. So, he doesn't, a, he doesn't deserve to have opinions. <laughs> yeah, so Tony Collette, uh, well known for her, for her piece and I'm thinking of ending things, aging and whatnot. Uh, in like every Coen Brothers film. This came out afterwards. I know. It's a joke. Yeah, it really landed. (laughs) 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 Uh, Ben, what were some things that you liked about this? Well, I have lots of different, just like small uh, details that I really loved. But like you mentioned, it's really just a slow burn horror film compared to other films that are sort of along that pacing, like compare this to the shining. Do you think that this was slower or faster than that in your opinion at all? I think it was faster just because of the length of the movie, like the shining is like a two and a half hour long movie. Well, this is a two hour movie. So it's just two hours. Two. <laughs> it just didn't feel as long as the shining, which isn't a bad thing by any means. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the shining was, like, this movie was a slow burner, I felt, but The Shining was, like, an exceptionally slow burner, you know? Well, I think the main difference between the two is The Shining has, like, an intro and uh, an epilogue. Hereditary doesn't have an epilogue at all. It literally just jumps just, right into the story. Yeah, you're just thrown into it. But The Shining, like, it takes the first, like, 25 minutes, like, introducing Jack and introducing the house and, yeah, whatnot. So... I think it just gets off to a faster start and then slows down. Shining is just a very, very slow build up the entire way. Yeah. Which are, they're both done in their respective ways, I think. Tony Collette's Australian. I didn't know that. Cool. <laughs> so what do you think, uh, think, what do you think of Clicking Girl? Clicking Girl? Uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I knew going into this movie that her head got, you know, knocked off. Like, uh, like uh, she's a Babe Ruth baseball. Uh, I didn't know it happened that early in the movie. Like, that was, was a thud. It was almost 30 minutes that her head, like, got cut off. I thought it was going to be, like, I thought that was, like, the ending, like, uh, like climax scene. But, no, no it, was, it was, like, leading up to the climax. That'd be a lame off. climax. Huh? <laughs> no, dude, that just capped off the first act. Jesus Christ. Boo. What well, it did. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't know that, like, she got her head taken off by a... Sis said no cap. No cap. Yo, you dead ass right now? Yeah, no cap. And then... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so that, that caught me up. 
I love his reaction was just to drive home and then just go to bed like nothing happened. <laughs> Alex Wolf in this movie was so good. He was. He was so good. Like, Tony Collette's performance was really good. I think Alex Wolf's performance was even better. Dude, uh, top top tier uh, former Nickelodeon child actor. Yeah, shout out half the Naked Brothers band. I never watched that or knew what it was. <laughs> I knew what it was. I don't remember. If you, like, showed me an episode, I couldn't remember it. But, like, I like I knew who the wolves were, you know. And that wolf. No, it didn't. They, they, this is, like, the only, like, really dark role they've had. Uh, Nat Wolf. That's uh, one guy. <laughs> well, him and Nat Wolf usually do like coming of age films, I think. So. <laughs> I'd uh, argue this is a coming of age film. Huh? I'd argue this is a coming of age film. <laughs> yeah, it's really. <laughs> the age suddenly stops at one point. <laughs> yeah, he's in high school. He's <laughs> 22 years old in the high school. <laughs> it's supposed to be like 17. That's all movies, dude. Yeah. No, but anyways, like. I think what separates this horror film from other horror films is it is like Alex Wolf and Tony Collette's performances just because they're so emotionally deep and raw. Like I noticed we'll get to what we watched in October at the end of the show, but I watched a lot of horror movies and I noticed that like 75% of the characters in this movie, all their dialogue the entire movie is like, oh, what's going on? Ghost. Oh, spirits. Like, they're just... Like, <laughs> just like, all their dialogue is just adding to the plot of, like, oh, this house is haunted. We shouldn't go over there. Like, that's all they're doing. But in this movie, like, the dialogue for Alex Wolf is, like, raw. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, character-driven. And it, yeah, and it's character-driven, which I think is what for me, separates it and makes it more rewatchable than something like Insidious, where the characters are just like, all they're talking about is being scared the entire time. But this is like actual grief, it's actual loss, and I thought it was done very well. The thing the thing that caught me with Alex Wolf's performance was Ari Aster did such a good job of writing such like realistic dialogue in this movie, where when Alex Wolf, like, so Alex Wolf was probably like 17 or 18, he was supposed to be in this movie, but like, like the scene where where Tony Collette's character brings them downstairs and they have like that seance, like he looks genuinely scared. Like, yeah, like, like there's that thing where like people get so scared to the point that no matter how old you are, you're acting like a child. And he gets so scared that he's like crying and like he's it's like visibly like you can see him. He's like terrified, you know. And he's like calling out for his mommy and whatever. And he's supposed to be like some 18 year old kid. And I feel like in normal scary movies, like teenagers like that don't react in that sort of way and almost that realistic of a way where like there's such a fear of their lives it's more just like screaming and like i wants his mommy yeah 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 <laughs> like like I, to me that's a realistic thing when people are like super overly scared like that i was just i don't know it's, it's hard to explain but alex wolf's performance was just so realistic and, uh, and that just adds on to why it was so good you know mm-hmm I, I, I saw a Watch Mojo Snapchat story that said <laughs> <laughs> that said he had PTSD after oh, filming the, the film. I bet, I bet, man. He was <laughs> he genuinely looked like terrified in some of these scenes. Yeah, he did. Well, <laughs> like Ben talked about earlier and joked, like all he did was go and like go to bed. Yeah. But I think what you have to realize yeah. with something like this. Is that it, like it, uh, anything that 
happens like this, it, there's not just like a textbook reaction. You're so in shock. Like some people, if that happens, they're just going to scream out of their mind and they're just going to bawl their eyes out. But some people are just going to like sit in silence and just they're, like, they're they're paralyzed in a way. Yeah, they're paralyzed and they're going to sit in silence and be like, OK, I'm just going to wait to wake up like this is a nightmare. And he I think that what scene was it? He was like slapping himself. He's like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Oh, was oh when yeah, he, it's when he was, uh, it was the final climax scene. When he was trapped yeah. in the attic. Like. <laughs> no, he was in the attic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so to attic scenes, when <laughs> when the mom just ends up floating, pounding her head on the on the <laughs> attic door, <laughs> that was terrifying but hilarious at the same time. I I don't know what it was. I I, I know how this movie had. I know how this movie had ended before I'd seen it and I was watching it with my roommate and he said that he was, <laughs> he was terrified when he first watched this for the first time and not knowing the ending or anything, but I was just laughing so hard because <laughs> I know the ending and I just saw that and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> so one of the people that I watched this with, uh, this is like his fifth time seeing it. He loves it. I don't know why, but, uh, cool. his yeah. first time seeing it was at two in the morning alone in a theater. I would cry. <laughs> oh, in a theater, that's different. I'm yeah. alone in a theater, man. Dude. That sounds terrifying. At home is worse. I don't know. Have you if ever you're, been in okay, theater, alone like, in a theater in public or alone in your house with no one else there? You're essentially in private though, because it's a you're it's a huge theater and it's just you in there. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's scarier in a house. <laughs> I saw Prince of Persia alone. And- <laughs> That was scary. I was terrified. <laughs> Why would Jake Gyllenhaal take this role? <laughs> that was the scariest part. Oh no, decided on to do this. <laughs> so back to, throw back to the time where Ben and I saw John Wick three. Oh uh, uh, yeah. At like midnight, and we we're the only two people there, other than one guy who walked in and out like five different times, and then just one time never came back. <laughs> Thirty minutes in, he paid a ticket to do that. <laughs> And then we like, finished the movie and it was great. <laughs> this guy so much. Oh, what if I don't come back this he time? Waited. <laughs> he waited just to see Boban die and then he left. <laughs> Straight died up. Like the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about all the cult stuff? Uh, I don't think it was a cult. I think it was like a. I think they were like. I think it was like a witch coven. If that makes sense. So cult. They're all the, the same. same. No, they weren't witches. It was, it was demony. Well, like, but they practiced witchcraft, in a way. Oh, it wasn't. They were summoning demons. Yeah, no <laughs> fucking normal person does that. <laughs> That's not witchcraft. It's pretty witchy to me. To me, they seem like witches, because they're all women. Like, they're, they're all... Not all of them. I think it was all women. Oh, no, like, there were some guys there. Really? Maybe it yeah. wasn't. When a, when a woman there were some peas along with the Vs. When a woman in 1858 yeah. looks at you the wrong way, so you claim she's a witch and put her on trial. Yeah. Did you guys see any similarities between this and The Conjuring? Because I saw a few. Like what? House? The mother getting possessed and wanting to kill the children. That's it. <laughs> like that was like the main theme of it. Not the the house main, being, that, the house, that wasn't the main theme. The house being haunted, the children getting possessed. Uh, the children getting attacked by the demons. Uh, it was there's a lot of like 
honestly, the the creativity of this movie wasn't like the best because there's a lot of played out themes that we've seen, like you've seen in a lot of horror movies. I just think that Ari Aster did it so well that that's what made the movie so good. That and the performances were really well done. <laughs> but I, as far as like a creativity for writing like a creative story, I don't think it was that overly creative, which isn't like a knack on Ari Aster's part because it was still a great movie. It was just like a lot of these is like kind of like, oh, I've seen that before, you know. I thought it just took such a different spin off of kind of the, I don't know, the basic uh, house haunted, do it the whole episode, <laughs> possessed like theme, and they did it with like actual grief instead of just like being terrified of ghosts or something. Yeah, because like they, they they took advantage of already vulnerable people. Yeah, very true. Uh, what was the relate so? So the what was her name? His name was like Joan. Like so, did she like? Oh put, yeah. <laughs> who Tony Collette was before she like introduced herself? Then right? What was the? Purpose? Yeah yeah yeah. She was a uh, she was in the cult with the grandma. Yeah yeah. So and was, once the grandma died, she coaxed uh, Tony Collette to summon payment. Okay, so that was the whole like that was the whole uh, point of it was she was trying to get her daughter. The, the like Headley Tony Collette's mom heard uh so Tony uh Tony Collette to summon this like demon guy, right? So so what happened? Yeah. The grandma you even watch was, it. I did watch it, but it like confused me. So the grandma hated her son so much or hated her daughter so much that when she died she wanted to like haunt and possess her family forever. So okay. she was in this cult that was obviously like demon possessed or whatever. And her idea of haunting her family was by possessing Charlie, uh, or not possessing, but by summoning her spirit into Charlie's spirit to then, therefore, like, possess the family. It wasn't hers, Payman, the demon. Payman, yeah, whatever. But by doing this, they had to, like, do a cult ritual uh, to, like, summon the demon. Which the girl, I, I can't remember what her name was, uh, Andoed, met Tony Collette, and then they did the oh, ritual, and that man. got the demon within the house so that they could haunt. Oh, so that was the demon that she was summoning that first time. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. the first time when Peter was, like, telling her to stop. Yeah, so they weren't actually bringing Charlie back. They were, she tricked her into thinking that that would bring Charlie back, but really it just brought a demon in the house it possessed yeah. okay so what was the first so when they were at joan's place what was that what were they doing there was that summoning the demon that was her just trying to prove like it's her trying to prove her argument that she could talk to her dead grandson that was probably though just a payment like helping her out and like helping fake with this ruse that's saying oh you could talk to charlie now but okay. she actually can't it's just payment helping her out so then when they do, do it at charlie's house he can possess Peter. Okay. So, and then at the end, <laughs> what? Why was? Why did they have Charlie take over Peter's body? Uh, because they wanted. He said that he wanted a male host. But it was sexist. Charlie, not Payment, that took over or overtook his body. No, Charlie just died straight up. <laughs> she didn't have. She wasn't possessed, bro. She just had asthma. <laughs> she had a peanut allergy. <laughs> Same thing. That TikTok you sent me about A24. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
No, no, because at the end they're like, Charlie, this is your new host. Like, sorry it took so long. No, they didn't say Charlie. Yes, they did. They straight up said Charlie. The payment. I watched this movie yesterday. Yeah, they said Charlie. I think they said Charlie. Yeah. What? But he never possessed Charlie, though. That doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm so, I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get off the plot. Talk about something else, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's okay. Uh, what about the subtlety in the horror? Like when Peter first wakes up in the climactic scene and just <laughs> uh, Tony Collette's like in the corner <laughs> uh, at the top at the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> that was I didn't uh, I didn't I didn't first, I didn't know there was a dad in this movie. I was like because I knew I saw all the previews. I see all the TikToks, all the Twitter memes. Like on this seen movie. all the TikToks. I know I get around. I get around. <laughs> but uh, so I didn't know there's a dad in this movie. And then I watched it. The dad's like 20 years older than Tony Collette. Is he like, actually? I, or he, I know he looks like it, but like. You no, know, the guy's 70. Tony Collette's 47. That's weird. So they're 23 Dude, I felt years apart. So bad for the dad. He was like the only normal person in there. <laughs> I thought I, I thought the dad was hiding something the whole time, and it, which he kind of was. Like what? I don't know. I, he just gave a weird vibe to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, they don't, they don't stay babies forever, you idiot. But uh, yeah. I, yeah. And when dad comes and gives uh Peter the suit and tells him to get ready for the funeral, I thought that it was his wife's funeral, meaning that like this was Tony Collette's dad, and then like. Two scenes later, they're in bed together, and I was like, "Hold up, wait a minute, whoa!" Why would it be your dad? Because he's 23 years older than she is. She's <laughs> the mom's age, and he's Tony Collette. Okay. Yeah, so that's the one beef I have with this movie. It's creepy. <laughs> age looks different. Yeah, that's. I, I saw I, this movie more as like creepy than horrifying. I think. Wait. So. It's terrifying more than horrifying. What did you find so terrifying about it? I just think like like the anxiety attack in school where mm. space is morphing in. <laughs> Peter in class. Yeah, like that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't horrifying in a sense. Like that was just creepy and like disturbing. So almost disturbing would rather be the word. And then like everything in the attic with like the decapitated body. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like you decapitate. <laughs> Do you like the Beatles? <laughs> you <laughs> bugs. <laughs> and then, like, obviously, like the jump scares with Tony Collette just in the corner. Yeah. Like, happened three times. And then I didn't understand how the guy got lit on fire. That was. Oh, that's because like, the that book. Just, was that just Pagan? Or Pagan. Pagan? Is that just Fagan? Fagan. <laughs> Is this your underwear? Fagan! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much just the demon punishing the dad, right? For trying to burn the book. It was anyone who tried to throw the... Well, no, because Tony Collette burned the book. She told the dad to do it, and the dad wouldn't. And she took the book and threw the book in the fire. I'm trying to think of why it burned him, though, because it burned her earlier. I think it was, I think it was like... A warning to her, to Tony Collette. That's uh, okay. Yeah. Demons do that stuff, bro. I know. I'm no. I'm. <laughs> I'm. If the demon did it himself, then yeah, that makes sense. But I thought there was like a rule about the book, like 
whoever was writing in it like gets burnt up when the book does or something like that. But never it's mind, never mind. He does what he wants. Tony it's Fred. demon time. Tony Fred. <laughs> yeah, right, I was just about to say that joke, Jake. <laughs> uh, we need to change the picture for the Turbo Team podcast to the purple devil emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so comparing it to Midsummer in a sense, do you think like the the cult themes and like the cult itself was more subtle in this movie or more subtle in Midsummer? Well, definitely in this movie because Midsummer, like they, they literally like the whole thing was based around them living with the cult, you know. Yeah, but what point during Midsummer did you realize they're at a cult? Like that's that's the point I'm getting at. Almost right away. Um, when <laughs> when the people threw themselves off the cliff. <laughs> Yeah, that too. To me, like a cult is like a group of people that live together and they have like one one or two like hierarchy leaders and they like worship a god. And like that's exactly what the, the village was right away. Small and even town if, Iowa. What? Small town Iowa. <laughs> so I thought they were a cult right away as opposed to this one where we didn't really find out they were a cult until like the last 20 minutes when she was flipping through the book. Man, imagine how terrifying that's got to be for the daughter to be like flipping through a cult as soon as like a demon invades your house and then you see this girl with your mom and you didn't know they knew each other. Yeah. And they're wearing like the same jewelry and stuff. <laughs> at that point you just gotta kind of like give up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just quit at that point. Wait, so the scene, this was such a throwaway scene then. The scene where Joan goes to so Peter's out eating lunch in like the courtyard and Joan's like across the street like yelling at him. Like that was such a throwaway scene then. That was funny. I know. That was, <laughs> like, that was uh, her trying to talk to payment, I guess. I don't know. She did it earlier with Charlie. When did she do it with Charlie? Well, it was like when she was cutting the head off the bird like a normal child. Uh, she was across the street waving at her. Oh, that was her. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a grandma for some reason. But it's yeah, just right. it's just displaying how prevalent and how present they are in the family's lives. Yeah. Like I even picked up on that on the first shot where it zooms out of no, it doesn't zoom out. It zooms in to the model home mm-hmm. and then it shows and then once it zooms in, it just cuts to Alex's room and it's a smooth transition between the two. That like off of the first shot alone that displays that someone is playing with this family like there's a force bigger than them that just has this family at their will yeah what do you guys think the symbolism of the red light in the tree house was uh (laughs) no dude the red light was from uh, the heaters yeah but jake's thinking jake's saying what's the symbolism of it not that they're cold. She was cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whenever they, sh- <laughs> whenever it showed the red light, that was because uh, someone was like up there and it was cold, so they had the heaters on. That was it. The scene where Alex Wolf jumps out of the the window and he's just like sitting staring at this uh, treehouse, and then uh, Tony Collette's like body like floats up and in. That scene mm-hmm. was creepy to me for some reason. I didn't like the way the body was moving. It seemed too uh, not normal. Too supernatural. In, in what in what way? 
So my least favorite part of this movie was the ghosts and the scary parts. I didn't <laughs> I like, like that. I like the part when they're in the school in the daytime. Other than that, uh, I, I don't really like it. <laughs> so is there anything that you guys didn't like about this movie? Um, I, I think yeah, it's kind of hard to get. I thought I was at times. Uh, as, as that comes across from me asking all these questions that I was confused about. Also, this is my first time watching it. You guys have seen it a few times, haven't you? No, this is my first. Okay, so then I'm just an idiot. Man, I know Ben's seen it a few times, but yeah, I was just kind of confused sometimes. But uh, we've compared it to Midsummer a lot. So before I let you guys get your negative stuff, I'll give one kind of positive. I thought the gore and like in this movie and like special effects was a lot better than Midsummer. I thought the effects that was my biggest knock about Midsummer was I thought the special effects and like the gore weren't realistic at times. What? But like the parts where they're like smashing the uh, the head, <laughs> the when the people are jumping off the cliff, and then like the when they burn. The guys the- all flayed. Yeah, and when they burn this big house down, like, the dead bodies are there, like, they're stuffed. Like, it just didn't look real to me. Like, like obviously, I don't know what a stuffed dead body looks like, but I know it doesn't look like that, you know. So, I thought the special effects in this were a lot better than uh, Midsummer. But that's that's all I have for negatives and my last positive. What do you guys have? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I like how the movie was literally never light, except, I guess this isn't even a negative. In daytime? Yeah, like, it's never shot in daytime except when uh, she meets the... Like, that's pretty much the only... No, it's, no there's some daytime school. besides that. And school, yeah. School. <laughs> but, like, the movie's completely dark up to that point, and then she meets the cult member, and it's like, oh, everything is going to be okay. And then that's actually, like, the worst decision she made of the movie. I mean, there's some daylight, like, when they're at the funeral for Charlie... Or there are some shots that are when it's daytime, but they're just inside. But yeah, more power to you. <laughs> uh, negatives, negatives. Probably just that it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Scared me. I had to watch robots to make myself feel better. The 2007 animated film starring you and McGregor. <laughs> yeah, when uh, thinking about it, there's not really anything that jumps off the page to me as something that I didn't like about it. It doesn't have a lot of glaring negatives. It doesn't. It's more just the overall takeaway from the film. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna fire off a few positives real quick that I forgot to bring up before we get into negatives. Um. One, I uh, love how it always fades in and out between scenes, but focusing on the faces of the characters, like it would fade into a scene or just focus on Peter or Annie's like emotions and them just enveloped within the scene. And then they'd uh, fade in or fade out of that because that's like the main takeaway and that's what they wanted to emphasize. Uh, I love how <laughs> uh, when Peter uh, killed, what's her face, Charlie? Um, yeah. he, he didn't actually look back. He just kept looking at the rear view mirror mm-hmm. and he just like slowly like realized it and kept looking back through the rear view mirror and never actually looked at her directly and just slowly moved on forward. Mm. 
and that showed like the gradual realization of like what he'd done. And my other notes don't make sense, and I can't oh. recollect what I meant by that. Uh, negatives. Uh, <laughs> there's some garbage CGI flies. Like they'd like have some scenes with the bodies or something, and there would be flies all over the place, and they'd cut really close to the screen, and they just look like black circles. I don't know. It seemed more almost like there was something wrong with the footage, like there was grain or something, rather than there were like flies cutting through it and things like that. So the budget for this was ten million dollars compared to a nine million dollar one for Midsummer. So I don't know if that's a lot for a movie, is it? Well, like we don't <laughs> know, like well, it's a lot of money, but like Endgame was like a billion dollars. Okay, something. you can't compare to. I know well, that's what I'm saying. Is like how much are like big blockbuster movies like this usually? How much do they get? I wouldn't call this a blockbuster. It's a pretty well-known film. Yeah, after the fact. That wasn't during production. Well, no, it was in theaters, too. Okay, yeah, they had already spent the $10 million, though. When they're producing it with a first-time director... Okay, like, well, in a, okay whatever. Yeah, all right. This, okay. was a, this, was his first, this was his first big film. Uh, people forget Ari Aster did Something Strange is Going On with the Johnsons. That so doesn't count. It's a great film. That doesn't count. It's, it's on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Watch. It's like 20 minutes. It's, it's so such a disturbing movie, but whatever. Uh, I had something I was gonna say. Okay, so like, if that's what you're going off of, I'm looking up the Conjuring's. Yeah. Uh, budget right now. All right, we we can stall for. Yeah, things. its budget was 20 million. Okay, so yeah, this is about 10 million less than uh, about a, a usual. Uh, horror movie. I thought for they, for for an introductory chapter horror movie with no prequels or lore behind it. I mean, what? I hope they don't make a sequel. I don't think it needs one. For what, The Conjuring? Or I'm talking about this one. Right. Oh, this there's, definitely there's doesn't no, deserve a sequel. Yeah, there's nowhere to go off of it. Yeah. Oh, they could do a prequel, but I just don't. <laughs> they do a they do a Cloverfield. A <laughs> uh, movie about just payment being like the monster. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's stupid. Uh, do we want to jump into ratings? Oh, favorite scene. Do you guys have a favorite scene? That's what I was gonna say. I'll go last. I have one. So the moment, so when Tony Clutch character is like sleepwalking and she walks into Alex. Well, no, it's when she wakes. So she wakes up and she sees all these like ants on her bed. She walks up to Alex Wolf's room and there's like ants crawling out of his mouth and he wakes up and they have that dialogue. The uh, the the whole scene just goes dead silent. Like there is absolutely no noise except for their two voices communicating. And for some reason that just like there was just such a weird feeling going on in that scene where it's just them two talking that like made the movie for me. I don't know why. I just absolutely love that whole interaction between them. And then when they cut in between each of them and they're progressively getting like wetter. And then like the <laughs> fire, you can see the fire start lighting up. I just love that scene for some reason. I thought that, I thought that perfectly in, like encapsulated like what this whole movie is, you know? Yeah. Moisture. <laughs> I want to either go with the attic scene just because I think it's a very well done, like you mean the climax? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or not when Charlie gets her head 
chopped off by the telephone pole, but right after, just because I think the emotion is so him driving home. Like him realizing he did it. I I mean, uh, okay. it actually happening is, I think it's a little too brutal for me to say I love it. Bro, that thud. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like Alex Wolf's reaction to it is so like. It's so amazing, and it's nothing really that Ari Esther had to do. He pretty much just put the camera on Alex Wolf and um, told him just like give a raw reaction on what it would actually be like. And I thought it was really good. I it was, but I don't know if it's my favorite scene. So, so uh, based off that, better we can get to your favorite scene. Uh, you can answer this question and your favorite scene. So. What is your favorite like performance like performance in part of this movie? Does that make sense? Like what? No. What's, What'd you say? <laughs> what scene do you think the acting's the best? Like Jake said, the scene where Tony Collette finds oh, out. Oh yeah, this is this like, is uh this is the answer that also has to do with my favorite scene, and that's okay. uh them at the dinner table, uh when Annie and Peter both just snap and start yelling at each other, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What's the deal, mom?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" And like they just go back and forth, mm-hmm. and then they just like let it all out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be, mine would. I would probably have to agree with Jake. The, just him in the car. It just uh, the emo. Like he didn't. He's not even saying a whole lot. Just visually, you can see on his face. Just the emotion. It just is super realistic. And huge props to Alex Wolf, man. You go from making the Naked Brothers band when you're like 12 years old to making this. Like there's <laughs> stuff in between that. <laughs> really, actually. I don't know. Well, nothing like, that you nothing that you've seen. Uh, he was in uh, what was that movie they made like six months after the Boston bombing, starring Mark Wahlberg, Patriots Day. Yeah. <laughs> six months. I didn't know it was that soon. When was the Boston bombings? It wasn't in okay, 2016. It, it was three years after. <laughs> Wait, who did he play? It felt super like early. I don't know. It just says he's in it on Wikipedia. Oh, he plays one of the terrorists. There you go. <laughs> hey, my dad's friend was in the Boston bombing. Oh. It's not a laughing matter. Sorry. Sorry we offended you, Jake. No, he uh <laughs> he was he was so fast that he was already like uh showered and in his hotel by the time the bombing happened. Really? Sorry about the Boston bombing, but I'm built different. He was also in the two thousand eleven film The Sitter, uh Dude, starring Jonah Hill. How? This movie has an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. What, Hereditary? No, Patriot's Day. I don't know. It's got Mark Wahlberg. How is this a movie? It's an <laughs> action movie about... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> All right, so do you guys want to get into ratings, then? Yes. All right. Uh, uh, Jake, you go first. I don't remember what I gave The Shining, uh, but 0.25 below The Shining. So, whatever that was. <laughs> ben? Point two five below the shining. I think okay. I gave the shining an eight and a half, so eight point two five. Eight point two five. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give this an eight. Really solid. Not a whole lot of complaints. I'm gonna give it an eight points. I'm gonna an eight point seven five. Uh, it was a good film, pretty solid film, but just Tony Collette and Alex Wolf in it were just so amazing. I I really so I really enjoyed the performances of it a lot actually. So. So I think that's it for the hereditary. Do you guys want to get into what we watched in October? Spooktober is officially over here at the Turbo Team Podcast, man. 
It's a great month, except for play Mark's room. <laughs> What'd you say? October ends, play Marvin's room. <laughs> Cups in the rosé. It's <laughs> <laughs> October's over on the <laughs> Alright, so uh, which one do you guys want to go first? I can go first. Mine's short for the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, besides the movies that we watched this month, which I'm not going to name because you should know them if you listen to the podcast. Uh, I watched The Boys. I haven't finished it. I'm like... How is that? I see a lot of people tweeting about it. It's pretty good. I mean, it's just normal show. If you're interested in it, it like if it looks like something you'd be interested in, then you will be. It's nothing what like... What's it about? It's just about like superheroes if superheroes were nope. corporate nope. dicks. Nope. Never mind. Don't like yeah. it. She's not going to watch it. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I also started Sorry, watching Hannibal. Watching the the silence of the lambs spinoff show what is it uh hannibal oh okay i like it used to be on nbc but the show is like super dark really (laughs) yeah it used to be what's on now uh, it's on netflix oh the cw there's like it's like (laughs) insanely graphic imagery that was like i don't know up right behind like parks and rec for some reason on the runtime i don't know it's just surprising so is it like extra like dark now that it's on Netflix? No. What do you mean? Wait, did Netflix produce it? No, it was an NBC show that like finished in three years and then a couple years later got put on Netflix. I thought you meant that like it was on. Oh. Netflix picked it up. No. Okay. They haven't produced anything in it yet. Uh, but I also watched Arrested Development, classic. Not much you need to say there. That is an NBC show that's now produced by... Uh, it was Fox. Don't care. They st- you, were, you were wrong. Three letters. I <laughs> uh, watched a few episodes of BoJack Horseman, uh, Will Arnett, all I need to say. And then I also watched uh, a few episodes of Psych. No yeah. movies other than the Turbo Team podcast viewings. Really? No. So, I watched like part of Pink Floyd's The Wall, but I wouldn't count that as a movie. <laughs> My favorite band of all time. Okay, nerd. Yeah, I like Pink Floyd. <laughs> Pink Floyd, you like, you live in a society, 20-minute guitar solo. I hope she sees that, bro. She won't. <laughs> Jake, what did you watch this month? So I watched the two new episodes of the Eric Andre show. Oh, yeah, I forgot to count that. As funny as ever. Eh. Okay, honestly, I don't love it as much as I do the other episodes. Uh, yeah, it's get. I gotta give time to view it. The interviews are too short for my liking. But, they're like two minute interviews anyway. They're shorter than that. These are like twenty seconds. Really? I haven't yeah. watched. I haven't watched the episodes yet. Yeah. Um, and then for films, I obviously watched what we watched for the show. Oh wait, I, no, I watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street. There we go. Threw that in. Oh wow, you switching your major to business now? <laughs> no, Curran wanted to watch it, and then five minutes in, I was like, I can see why this is every frat boy's like dream movie. Was that your first time watching it? Yeah, it was. Really? What did you think? It was okay. I, I wasn't really, blown. I wasn't blown away or anything. I you really like a ride on my Sigma tractor. You shut up! Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Bro, some of this pen. I uh, I really like it. I, genuinely, it's a good movie. It's just it's one of those things where the fandom behind it's kind of annoying. That's why a lot of people don't like it. 
uh, shout out Matt Dyke. He I don't think it's amazing it. or anything. He loves that movie. He told me it was one of his favorite movies of all time one time. Well, yeah, so is Anchorman 2. I don't care what he says. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else did you watch? Uh, so for films, I watched The Exorcist. Um, not as scary as it claimed to be. Is that the original? Yeah, like the 1977 one. It's not that. It didn't hold up a whole lot. The Gallows. Uh, it's got like... That, I remember that one being pretty scary. It's only got like a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's actually terrifying. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the House is October Built. Not good at all. <laughs> that was like another homemade horror movie. Uh, you guys watched all bad ones? No, no. The Babadook was really good. That that's one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. What was it on? Uh, I think we pirated it. Or no, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Wait, we no, went, I bought it on Redbox. <laughs> I bought it with money that I earned. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it with official U.S. currency. Uh, <laughs> Next government's listening to this. No, you're not. Watched Insidious. Wait, what? Pretty good, and then uh, watch Borat in the Borat Two. Very nice. Oh yeah, I watched the first very Borat. Very funny. Very <laughs> nice. Seen Borat. I heard the second Kazakhstan. one. I heard the second one isn't nearly as good as the first one. It's so funny. The <laughs> the joke about the synagogue was so funny. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's what I watched in the month of October. So I watched actually this is probably the most I've watched in a month in a while. So I watched obviously all we watched this month: Science, Lamb, Shining, Conjuring, Hereditary. Uh, I, I finished New Girl. Uh, I started up How I Met Your Mother. I've seen it forever. It's one you of those shows. Down bad, dude, dude. I love How I Met Your Mother. It's one of those shows that just it brings a lot of comfort to me for some reason. I don't know why, but I really like How I Met Your Mother. I'm actually watching it right now. Hold on, I accidentally skipped forward in the movie or in this show. Wow. Uh, and then I watched Forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall, another movie that I haven't seen in a while, but it's one of my favorites, just comfort films. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Superbad. And then I and then I also watched the new Netflix series Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a sequel to Haunting of Hill House. It wasn't as good as Hill House. Hill House was like pretty terrifying, actually, but it was still pretty good. I, I'd recommend people checking it out. So that's all I watched this month. That and football, baby, because football, college football's back. The Big Ten is back. In football, baby. Yeah, we, this is a manly podcast. We, we watch football and sports. <laughs> Talk about manly stuff like meat and women. Uh, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Just kidding. We respect women here at the Turbo Team Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've gotten so many women, female guests at this point. Hey, man. <laughs> if you want to come on, um, tweet at us publicly. <laughs> That's the only way. Follow <laughs> the Turbo Team Podcast on OnlyFans. Did you say some of the Turbo Team Podcast OnlyFans? Yeah. We just pose us standing nude with our favorite. Also, also vote, people. Yeah, November 3rd. It's going to come out like three days before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I already did. I did Six too. Here. Did you fill out an absentee, Alex, or did you vote in the great state of Indiana? No, I, I don't have a residency here, so I got an absentee baby. I uh. All right, cool. <laughs> Indiana's a swing state. 
voted for uh, every vote. state's a swing state apparently. I voted for Kanye West. Except for Texas. Just kidding, I did not vote for Kanye. Uh, vote for Mr. Pulaski. I voted for Alex Wolf for his yeah. performance in Hereditary. I watched Hereditary. I'm like, this man deserves to be president. I know he's only 22 years old, but. Get us out of class. Send us, send us out. Send us out the way we meant to be sent out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break a leg and uh, end this episode of the Tarot Team podcast. <laughs> I'm your <laughs> Alex's face. Uh, end the podcast right now. End the I'm, end. Of- Host Jake Brand alongside me, Ben Neeson, and the gleefully healthy Alex Powell. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next week in November, sadly. This week's episode of the Turbo Team Podcast. Our social medias are linked in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at the Turbo Team Pod. You can listen to all episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are listened to. Thank you for listening.